We are in the condition we are in, in the state of ignorance we are in, in the state of war, in the state of economic depression, in the state of depletion of the resources of our planet because of the greed of psychopaths who thought they could create their own reality. Well, look at the reality they created. You're listening to The Truth Perspective on the Soft Radio Network, the world for people who think. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Truth Perspective. It is February 20th, and in the studio today we have Elon Martin. Hi, everyone. Shane Lachance. Hello, everybody. I'm your host for today, Harrison Cayley. And today we are going to be talking about Ames. And I guess we'll find out what exactly is a name and all that stuff. But basically, I think people go through life I don't know if very many people actually think in terms of, well, I think probably everyone at some level thinks in terms of the goals that they want to achieve, the things they want to do in their life, you know, the the aims that they may have. Um, but we're going to get into the details of that. And I think we have joining with us. Do we have anyone joining us today in the virtual studio? Are you guys no, there? No, hi. Just listening. Oh, no. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Well, we're expecting some some calls to uh <laughs> some special guest stars. Well, we'll see. If you have if you have any thoughts on the subject, if you want to ask us questions or if you disagree with us vehemently, feel free to feel free to call in. Guest call in is 718-508-9499 or you can call in on Skype on the Blog Talk website. And and even if you don't disagree vehemently, you can still <laughs> you can still call in. That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> No, we only want vehement disagreements. <laughs> That's my aim for the show is to get some vehement disagreement going on today. I I disagree with that, Harrison. Okay. Vehemently? Uh, well, let, let's let's get on to the aim of this show. By golly, another aim anyway. And um you know, just on a very kind of basic level, Harrison, you uh you started out by mentioning uh you know, when when we generally think about uh, aims for our life, we we think about it in a, in a more or less uh, kind of conventional sense. Um, some some like short term goals, long term goals, life goals yeah. we have. You know, uh, get that promotion by the end of the year, uh, buy a house in five years, um, get that position at that corporation that you really want to work at. Yeah, and it it may even be more complicated or uh, or involved. Oh, and uh, it looks like we we've just uh, been hacked. We've got some some interlopers on the show today. Who's there? Is that Joe and Neil? Are you guys there? If you guys can. I think she said oh, she's that's just listening. listening. Oh, well, I think I, I think we have a mislabel here. Let's see here. You not hear us? Oh, okay, there you people? are. You can't there hear us. A, we can hear no, you now. You're there. There was a uh, a mislabeling of the caller in our virtual studio, but there you are. We can hear you now. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry, that was uh, that might have been me. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oops, I I mislabeled myself. <laughs> uh, okay. You 
should never mislabel yeah. yourself. I know it's right, Bob. You've been hacked. All right, so Karen, <laughs> what are you guys talking about here? We we were having some trouble there, um, getting logged in because we're kind of uh, all up in up in the air with uh, our our new change, upcoming changes and stuff. So uh, we were actually logged yeah, into Linux, right. so we had to log out Linux to get Skype going and stuff. Uh-huh. So. Understandable. There, there's changes Forgivable. Coming. Yes, Barely. and we're looking forward to them. So for for the yes. for li- new listeners or listeners who haven't you know tuned in for the past few weeks, um, we are moving to our own radio network. It'll be exclusively sought. So we're we're ditching the blog talk, and it sounds yes. great. We've done some tests, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, that is something really to look forward to. I think. Mm-hmm. Be excited yes. about. Absolutely, we're gonna. Those are well said. Now we're gonna. We won't be actually tomorrow on on our behind the headline show. We won't be broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio. We will announce the show right. there in part. We'll direct people to where they can go to listen to it. Yeah, if people who Excellent. turn on Blog Talk Radio to try and listen to the show tomorrow, they'll just see uh, uh, a show kind of um, blurb saying, "Go yeah. here." That uh, we're moved, and with a link to go and listen, or they should. Onwards and upwards. Yeah, and you guys will be following suit within a couple of weeks then. Yeah, we're going to get up to speed and uh, get on there. Well, so yeah. for today, uh, in case you guys missed it, we just started out, uh, we're going to be talking about aims. So what it means to have mm-hmm. a name, what a name really is, and uh, you know how to go about doing it. And we just brought up the idea that... Um, Probably, you know, I think in general, most people will have something that they consider like short-term goals or long-term goals. And we gave just a few examples of, you know, the kind of job that you want to have, you know, the the amount of money you want to make and you want to get that house and maybe have two kids or two and a half kids if, if you want to go in that direction. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we had to say so far. Um, yeah. Did you have an aim for today? We had we we had uh, aims to 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 join you on your show and uh, you know put you straight. <laughs> Good. Well, you've you've achieved the first part of that aim because you are now on the show after just a, a right. few minor difficulties. So well, uh-huh. I think that's that's part of it is is that uh, there's you know whenever you have an aim there's there's something that you're looking forward to that you're aiming at, but there's the all the maybe the problems that come in. Well, first of all, in formulating what you actually want your aim to be, and then in implementing it, because the the world seems to have um, numerous ways of putting roadblocks in front of you. So I mm-hmm. guess maybe we can just start out with um, with you know formulating an aim and the ways in which we go about that, and maybe um, what we might mean by it, as opposed to uh, you know someone that you just might interview on the street. So, what, what do you guys think? How do you what, what comes to mind when you think about formulating an aim and coming up with something that you want to, you know, do or be? Um, I think most people who most people don't have a name, um, mm-hmm. or their aims are very uh, kind of unconscious, unconscious or, or transient. If you know what I mean? They're um, they just live from kind of moment to moment. They don't most people don't really have, I think, in their daily lives have long term aims. They, they most people have uh, needs uh, that they mm-hmm. determine, 
and then they try to get those needs fulfilled. And once those needs are fulfilled or even partially fulfilled, um, then people are, are satisfied. So, uh, but, and of course, society provides many ways to fulfill people's needs. So in that sense, people today don't really need to have an aim if they, you know, if they, don't, they don't want to have an aim, they don't need to have an aim. Um, uh, and, and society makes it that people can get by quite easily without any aim whatsoever because effectively most, uh, of, as you said, most people's needs are are provided for them uh, by society. They have to work a little bit to get them, depending on the person, but you know, it's, it's usually fairly accessible for most people um, to, to get their needs fulfilled. So I think that's the first thing I'd say is that most people don't have a name. Yeah, I'd, I'd say something similar. I'd, I'd, I, may, I might make a differentiation between between different kinds of aims. Like I think there might be something of a, a conscious aim because you mentioned that people might have trivial or unconscious automatic aims. And that's the way I see it because I think that really... Um, like aim-based or goal-based behavior is pretty much intrinsic into human nature. Like if you want to, if you're hungry and you want something to eat, then you've got this unconscious aim that you're going to eat something and you might think, okay, well, I want to have a pork chop. So you'll, you might have to buy the pork chop or if it's in your fridge and you've got it. And so then there's a process in order to fulfill that. And, and it, you know, it comes in just, you know, you put, a, you put it on the pan and you fry it up and you eat it. And I think that's probably the extent of most people's aims. Mm. Now, I, I think right. uh, maybe, you know, a lot of people would maybe disagree with that and say, oh, you know, I had the aim to, to, to build a, a successful company and I did that. And I think that, um, you know, I, that, well, what do you think about that? Like, is, would, a, would you consider that an aim if you want to, if you've got this, like, goal um, that you want to, you've got an idea, you want to start a company, and maybe after five years you achieve it? Is that, uh, is that what we're talking about here? Well, well, that's that's life goals which people have, right? Yeah. Life goals. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean that, but that could be the same thing as an aim. I mean, yeah. I think the question here is, um, I would get back to the need thing, as I just said. I mean, it depends. An aim for me, at least in the context that I think we're, when we be talking about it here on the show, is um, an aim is something that that is more than just the fulfillment of uh, a basic need, like you mentioned, the uh, pork chop. Um, that's a need. That's a <laughs> Kind of fairly primitive mm-hmm. biological need, and uh, people can do that completely in their sleep. You know, there's almost like uh, there's yeah. no very little truly conscious uh, awareness input necessary for a person to uh, walk down to the shop and buy a pork chop and take it home and fry it and eat it. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's probably some cases in history where people have done done something similar in their sleep. They've slept, walked down to the shop, <laughs> bought a pork chop, took it back, and ate it while asleep and then woke up the next morning and said, who was eating pork chops last night? Uh, oh, it was me. I, so, um, and then, so th- th- there's many things that people aspire to, but they're all, uh, the motivation behind them is uh, uh, a fairly basic prim- and, and primitive. Like biological. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, and, and that can be spun or um, transformed uh, with you know, it can be filled out if you know what I mean by certain by certain people or by, by many people into something grander and something more encompassing. But if you look at it behind it, you can see it's uh, the motivation really is a fairly a fairly biological need. Like even the person who uh, forms a company, 
uh, you know, takes five years to form a company and make it a successful company, that uh, if that person is doing that primarily because they want to have money to have stuff, well, you're getting into a fairly, fairly basic kind of a, kind of a drive there that I don't think gets into the kind of idea of what we're talking about here, which is a name, which for me, a name is something uh, that you have in life uh, and it's usually some kind of a, uh, some kind of an abstract uh, goal that you want to achieve. I mean, I would think closer to closer to the idea of a name as we're talking about it would be uh, something that's quite common maybe is uh, people who want to change some part of themselves, who want to become better people or, you know, learn learn new skills, more more abstract things like that. I mean, instead of the guy mm-hmm. who, who wants to start a company and, and make lots of money, whatever, uh, I think maybe the idea of let's if we bring it down to a simple level, an aim could be a better way to describe it would be maybe learning to play a musical instrument. Um, you know, most people who uh, maybe I mean again, some people might have a reason, uh, a fairly basic reason for wanting to do that. But I think in a lot of cases, those kind of things, uh, personal development kind of things, uh, learning new skills. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, people who choose that as, as their aim, <clears throat> they're doing it not for any, you know, primitive biological reasons, but because it's more inspired and maybe a little bit more creative. And very often it's, um, I mean, I think the more a person has uh, experienced life and experienced problems in their lives and maybe and suffered in their lives, uh, the more likely it is that their aim in life will be closer to a true aim uh, as we're talking about it here on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, just from the example you gave like uh, of being a musician, I think that we've identified maybe kind of two levels of aims, and it comes down to, I think, motivation. Like, what's your motivation for doing it? Because I think that you that you can find people who want to learn like a, a, an instrument or who want to become like a gourmet chef um, to, to cook a better pork chop. And, you know, so they'll... They'll learn a they'll learn that skill and but the motivation can be like you said the even for musicians the the motivation to learn a musical instrument can simply be to to get a good paying job which is kind of unlikely but I mean it does happen and to to be able to get the food and and fulfill those biological drives but I I think maybe what we're getting at here is that there's that the not only is there a, a different sort of there's a different motivation but what kind of informs that motivation like what's the what's the nature of that and I think that I think you got close. Um, like you, you're getting at it when you said um, that it's something. It's something more creative. It's got something more to do with with the inner self and kind of the 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 contradiction between the the state that we're in now and like a state that an abstract state that we can see and envision and kind of we feel this kind of pull towards. Like, well, I want to be I, as a person. I want to be more like this, and um, and I've got this. You know, I, I don't just want this for for the money or something like that. Like that's a totally separate area mm-hmm. of my life. But there's something that's that's more important and that I that I want to work towards. And so I think that it, it that with that kind of aim, it might start out being very vague and that like there like so you might have been living your life the whole uh, the you might have been living your whole life just with just trying to win the rat race and to to try to be a part of society as it is and ful- basically fulfilling those biological drives and pretty much everything you do is somewhat in service of those. But then there's this vague kind of like questioning or like uncertainty or 
um, like almost just a discomfort with that. And, um, and then it's kind of, it's even a struggle at first to formulate what it is you actually want. Yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. you know, it also ties into what, uh, Joe is saying, you know, about, you know, experiencing some degree of suffering or even becoming aware of, you know, just, the the, the unconscious suffering that you're going through and just trying to survive, you know, uh, the, I, I think when, you know, you do lack an, an aim in, in the manner that we're speaking, you know, it, 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 your default mode is basically try, try to survive. And, you know, that can be a pretty brutal way to live, you know, and you can, it's basically feeling like, you know, you're treading water just trying to get by. And I think that's what, um, you know, a lot of people um, are, are experiencing all over the world. And, you know, where is the, where is the meaning in that? And I think when right. there is this struggle um, to, you know, find, you know, w- some substance and to see that, you know, the uh, just getting by with the, those biological drives isn't enough and you want something more, I think that can start formulating this uh, this desire for something more uh, to, you know, to try to see the world uh, in, in, in uh, new ways and to understand yourself a bit. And I think like the... Mm-hmm. The self-knowledge, gaining the self-knowledge, is, is is a big part in just beginning to form uh, what name is. Yeah, because it's like, what do you want? Oh, well, actually, I have I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about it before. Mm. I think I think maybe all of us have been there. And I think yeah, um, part of uh, what informs. Oh, go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead, Al. Well, uh, just uh, from what you were saying, Shane, it's sort of like um, if we're. Uh, that, that thing about self-knowledge uh, and and the abstract. I mean, this is um, this is kind of what informs the aim. It's uh, it it's kind of ineffable in a way, uh, but it it does mean working towards an ideal, um, uh, even if we're never quite there. The point is that uh, I think that we're we're and this is something that Joe said a little earlier. Uh, there's conscious awareness and input involved. Um, and it has as much to do with our own being and our own levels of being and, and improving ourselves uh, in fulfilling an intention or, or a goal as uh, seeing some kind of outward manifestation of it, I think. Yeah, I think, I think for most people, the, um, for most people on this planet, or at least a good percentage of them, um, their aim, quote unquote, is uh, to simply live life and to experience life. Um, and they go about doing that. Uh, that includes getting their biological needs kind of met, and that obviously just includes food and, you know, shelter and all the, all the very primitive kind of things, but also all of the other, um, you know, emotional and psychological kind of uh, jollies that can be had as a, as a human on, on planet Earth. Um, so all of those basic kind of things that that you see if you if you look at the news, you look at the celebrity section of the of of some website or something, and you see what's actually on offer and what's being presented to people as being interesting or worthwhile, uh, dedicating their time to sports. Uh, you know, for example, sports as an example uh, fulfills a certain need within people. Uh, there's a need for a sense of community in people. Um, these are all kind of pretty basic needs that can be you know can be made into quite complex kind of things. 
but ultimately it's quite easy to see uh, how fairly basic needs are being fulfilled. <clears throat> so most people are doing that. Most people are, are chasing those, chasing that dream, chasing the American dream or something. Um, and that's uh, that, that's enough for most people. But I think uh, kind of as Shane was saying, I think the point he was making was that um, at a certain point, some people uh, get tired of that or have had enough. And of course, there's you know there can be quite a lot of suffering of one description or another involved in trying to get your needs met on this planet and um, when people, a uh, certain amount of people have had enough of that or ha- you know, have experienced enough of that suffering and they, the question in them arises of um, you know, what's the point of all this? A kind of, a, kind of an existential angst almost or a, a question that's, that's deeper than, than, than just uh, kind of superficial at least um, where they wonder or they start to question the point of their struggles for getting their needs met and, and, and you know, running into blocks and suffering and suffering uh, for for strange reasons and reasons that they don't really understand. And eventually, when you've had enough of that, and maybe it takes many lifetimes, you come to a point where you ask that question, or that question arises in you, which is, what the hell? What the hell am I doing? Or why is this? Why is this mm-hmm. happening? You know, just a vague kind of questioning, you know, um, as to what the point of it all is. And I think that's the doorway to having uh, a name. But of course. Trying to find a name, the other side of that, is not uh, very, you know, not necessarily very easy because, as I just said, you look around you in this world and there isn't very much on offer in terms of a, a, a really valuable um, uh, aim or something, you know, something better and bigger and more meaningful to to um, aspire to. Um, so that's why uh, I think it's difficult to find uh, a name that is. Of that nature, but um, it is possible. And maybe a question then is in in, in that context of a bigger, more maybe spiritual kind of aim, something more than just getting your physical needs met. There's such is there a name? Uh, is there some way to, to to pursue a name of that nature? And for everybody who has that question, or, or for whom that question arises, um, is the aim for all those people the same? Or should it be the same? Hmm. Well, I think that um, that you've kind of identified the kind of overarching aim that that most people have, like right at the beginning of what you said there, of just kind of getting through life, and you know all that entails. And I think that can that's kind of like a, the default mode of most people. And it's almost like when I think about an aim. And the first image that comes to my mind is of a, a target, like an archery target. So you've got like a target that you're aiming towards. It's something, it's something like directional. So the way I see um, like the just the overall you know aim of life for humanity, it's just kind of this automatic, um, by default mode of living that goes in a certain direction. Now what we're ta- what you guys were talking about, Shane and Joe here, is that that moment where that direction starts to you start questioning that direction that you're heading in and it's like okay well what have i been doing my whole life and where am i going and that kind of throws you into into disarray it's like all of a sudden you become aimless because you've been going in this direction your whole life and then all of a sudden it's like well do i really want to be heading down this road like is is there another road can i can i turn off at some point and then, you know, you look around and you can't see any turnoffs and so you're like, well, well what do I do? Where's, 
you know, what's what's the alternative? Where do I actually go? Because like you said, it's not like we have, you know, aim training in school or anything like that, or you can go down to a, mm-hmm. a shop on the, uh, you know, on the downtown and get some, some advice on how to how to formulate an alternative aim to, to living the the dominant lifestyle of life on planet Earth. It's not really something that's, that's accessible. It's not one of the, it's not like you can turn on the TV and find it. It's like we, you have to look for it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's that's like the the big problem is first of all you know you get thrown in your your life gets thrown into this turbulence and you you're aimless and so where do where do you look for for the alternative? Um, I don't know. Well, it's a process, isn't it? You know, yeah. we we um, we we might experience what uh, uh, Gurdjieff or Muraviev would call a bankruptcy, uh, where we we realize consciously we're at zero. Uh, we've experienced things that um, that show just how kind of uh, transient all of all of these things that that uh, that we engage in to feed our uh, our egos or our false personalities. Uh, they don't really um, supply any kind of uh, food for uh, some part of us that is uh, that's deeper, and it's a kind of difficult thing to describe, except that. You know, once you have found some substance, uh, some knowledge of something that uh, that you experience as deeper or real in a in a way that's very different from what we're used to, um, there's a kind of a, a realization or a little epiphany uh, that that's possible there, um, and uh, we we want more, and uh, so it, it's kind of a path, um, I think. And uh, I think part of that path is determined by um, what our conscious intentions are. Um, you know, maybe we, maybe some of us have have had thoughts uh, at certain times in our life of what we uh, in, intend um, or our uh, our goals are that that aren't um, worldly. Or, uh, or meant to satisfy our, our whims or our egos or our personalities. And so everything that uh, informs that intention, uh, that direction, that purpose, uh, that helps us to find meaning, um, step by step becomes this, uh, this pathway towards, um, towards finding a name. Well, I think that, like you said, you brought up the, the idea of, of it being conscious, I think that if I like if I look at my life as an example, I think it started out just as something very unconscious. It was like something that I could just feel like general like malaise with the way things are and searching for something. I didn't know exactly what I was looking for, but I just, you know, randomly was just searching around and eventually, you know, I, I found some things that really changed my life. And so I, when it to start out, it was more like I don't really know what I'm looking for. I just know I'm looking for something. And then, as time goes on, then then I, I kind of look back and I realize, well, you know, I had really had no idea what I was looking for, but now I've got more of a more of an idea of, you know, I can actually formulate it more consciously. But I think it start like to start out, it felt more like like Neo in the Matrix, and mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like this, you know, you know, something wasn't right in Neo's life, the character in in the Matrix, and and he could feel it, and then something, ha- you know, he had that that encounter. Um, you know, with Trinity and, and Morpheus, and that kind of changed his changed his perception. That's kind of what it feels like. Is that is that there's just this there's this general 
uh, at least for me, there's this general dissatisfaction with what's going on with with my life and the, and the direction it's going and what what, what my um, you know general pursuits are. Just that feeling of wanting of of you know something more. There's something more to this, and then actually finding something that I can den- identify with that, and and um, then more consciously formulate. Okay, well now you know what 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 is it that I actually am looking for, and I think that. Um, just one example for me, an overarching um, like direction that that uh, that has been increasingly conscious. I can't you know claim to be you know a conscious, fully conscious being in the sense that we're talking about here. But for me, it was just it's, it's an ideal of just as just one example for truth, and that in itself opens up a whole lot of of areas uh, in 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 my life, and I think a lot of people's lives. Because what does that mean? You know, when you when you when you get into it, that has so many ramifications for all aspects of your life. You know, where does it end and what does it, what might that entail? Um, you know, what might have to change in your life in order to, to come closer to that or to be, to be true to that as an aim. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, I, I want to get back to one, <laughs> one thing you said, Joe, uh, just, just mm-hmm. before we, we go on with that, um, you'd said that, you know, I think, I think you said something like, well, should everyone's aim be the same? Right. Um, well, just really quickly, I wanted to comment on that and say that I don't think so. That I think that, you know, for for everyone going in a certain direction, you know, what it, whatever direction they're going, that's probably right for them at that time. And if it ever comes to the point where they have that aimlessness, there's the there's the that branch in the road. There's that option to choose uh, a different aim. But I don't think there's anything that that um, like I don't think. Uh, well, there's nothing that that says everyone should have this aim or. Um, you know, you should be this way, or what you're what you're doing is wrong. It's just where you find yourself in life at the moment. And for a lot of people, I mean, they seem perfectly happy to be going in in one direction or another. Or another. And it really well, just comes down to that choice in that moment. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I I I might well I don't, I'm not sure if I disagree with you <clears throat> or not, but um, uh, I would say that more than everybody <clears throat> more than more than a case of everybody uh, having to have or that everybody should have the same aim i think everybody does have the same aim okay can you go into that what is it joe tell us well the aim that everybody obviously is pursuing whether they know it or not is uh to understand the meaning of life. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But because people who are not con- people who are even not consciously pursuing that aim are still pursuing it unconsciously because they are alive and they are learning mm-hmm. uh, through their life experiences and therefore they are in some way or other uh, by osmosis or you know unconsciously whatever they are uh, absorbing lessons and learning about life. Therefore, uh, by default. <clears throat> that is the aim that, that <clears throat> sorry that is the aim that is given uh has been given apparently to everybody who is born a human being is to figure out what 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 life is about um and that's uh, kind of what I was kind of hinting at earlier on was that uh, you get to this point where you question that well that well, that aim uh that has been given to you uh, that you're maybe not aware of finally seeps up into consciousness and you ask the question, what is the meaning of life? Uh, mm-hmm. 
And of course, that can lead you in all sorts of different directions. And there's a big, uh, a, a large area of life, particularly in the present day, over the past, you know, maybe in, in the modern era, uh, there's many, um, many people offering answers to the meaning of life. Of course, it's been around for a long time in the form of religion, but that's fairly, um, fairly basic. <clears throat> and in fact, you could see that the, the very existence of religion, the idea of heaven and hell and God, etc., is is argues for uh, what I just said, is that the aim of all human beings is to figure out what the meaning of life is, because there is this explanation of what the meaning of life is that is offered to people, and a lot of people on this planet over the course of uh, most of human existence have, uh, have signed up to, to, to some religion or, or, or other to, to have that question answered for them. Um, but of course, that's, that's, that's kind of in the same, in the same field of uh, the aim being given to you, Without your apparently without your conscious awareness, and also the answer then being given given to you without you having an opportunity to really explore it yourself, because as soon as the question mm-hmm. of what's the meaning of life, what you know, I've been running around this planet for the past you know a few hundred years and several uh, lifetimes, whatever, and it's uh, getting a bit tiring, and now I'm ready to ask the question, what's the meaning of life? Uh, okay, I you know I get the, I get the point here, you know, all this uh, experience has been shoved in my face repeatedly over several lifetimes. Uh, I get the point that I meant. Uh, be figuring out what life is all about. Uh, okay, now I'm ready to ask the question. Uh, and then mm-hmm. he steps in and he's got the answer for you. <clears throat> so, and that's pre-made yeah. as well. So that's a bit of a cop-out as well because none of it's really conscious. I mean, there's a conscious asking of the question, but there's not the conscious answering of the question for yourself. Of course, in this, as I was saying, in this day and age, there's, a, there's alternatives to mainstream religion uh, in the form of the New Age movement and all of the different theories around that uh, that people can, can get into. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I think about, Harrison, you were talking about you know, your own life, and I'm sure this is true for, for most people. I mean, if I think about uh, my own life, uh, I, it's, it's pretty clear that uh, course of my life, if I just wanted the, the standard uh, experience, the course of my life was already set out for me as soon as I was born, basically, you know. You're born into a family, you grow up, you have friends, you have experiences, etc. You do the, the childhood thing and then you become an adult, you get some kind of an education, you look for some kind of a job, and then as soon as you have a job, um, certainly in, I think in most places in the world, the next, next thing you do is you go and look for uh, a wife or a husband, and, um, and then you have some children, and then you watch your children grow up, put them through education, and then you grow old and then you die. Uh, that is life as it's set out for pretty much everybody on this planet. Um, so, uh, and, and as I was saying earlier on, a lot of people find that to be good enough. Uh, they find enough diversion in that, um, in that, uh, in that picture, that, that that plan. That they t- find enough opportunities to learn within that program. Right. Within that program, there's enough fun to learn, and it's it's diverting enough, or entertaining enough, or it feeds them enough. If you know what I mean, in terms of what they need, other experiences. It's or real enough for them. Yeah. Um, but I suppose in terms of reincarnation, if you've done that many, many, many times, at a certain point in one of those lives, lives uh, you may eventually go, uh, this again? Really? It's getting old. Uh, and you might find, yeah, it's getting a bit old. And you might find yourself, of course, you don't really think about it in that way, but I think the way it manifests for a lot of people is a kind of an apathy towards engaging mm. fully plan, that standard plan that has been set out for most people. Um, they might still do it, but half-heartedly. Right, there's a half-heartedness about it and a seeking for something else. 
and and that seeking is a key part because that seeking is what leads them to ask that question and to look for other answers to the meaning of life because they've come to this conclusion of well this really can't be all there is or certainly this isn't floating my boat anymore and I'm wondering is there another option is there a kind of a plan B I could go for maybe uh, and that questioning um, yeah is the first step to so yeah I mean aim I mean the reason I got I, I'm, I'm talking. I questioned earlier on the idea of aim and the way we're talking about aim. Of course, all of these things, anything that anybody's doing, can be described ultimately as an aim. But I think the way the, sh- mm-hmm. the, sh- the show has been titled uh, is, and the use of the word aim is quite specific. And I think it means uh, a conscious aim that almost by default rejects the standard plan, life plan that is set out for most people, or at least. Uh, mm-hmm is not happy with that, is not happy with only that, and looks for something more. And uh, just a little earlier, Joe, you mentioned how you know, a, a sort of purpose can be prepackaged and pre-made you know, by like religion, for example. And you know, it strikes me that with um, you know, the, the controlling pathological elite, that you know they do have this um, this direction that they're trying to um, put on the populace, and that that it, it it's really effective because people you know don't really have a a defined aim you know in their own lives, and you know it it, it also strikes me that you know just living under you know this this pathological system that you know just how much it does kill. Uh, curiosity and you know those elements of you know seeking uh, that are um, a part of you know what it means to be human. And I think it also like those prepackaged ideas. They may also close off certain um, certain goals or, or aims because when it comes down to it, they are false. They're not true. And just one kind of obvious example to me is. Um, the the if we look at kind of Christianity and uh, what many people believe is their true purpose as a Christian, and that is to well ultimately there will be the rapture, but it's all about it's all about faith in Jesus and all you have to do is have that that uh, you just have to say the words basically you say the words and you're saved and then your spot in heaven is secure, and so I think you know th- these people um, they may have some kind of um, you know, at least they're aware that they're they're looking towards something, and that might be getting raptured up to heaven with Jesus. But the way that the the whole um, theology or the the whole thing is set up and designed, it's not mm-hmm. going to happen because it because it just doesn't map to reality. It's just not true. And so, right. and not only is it well, not only a, is it a problem that oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that's another uncon- another unconscious aim that you could uh, yeah. Uh, define for most people other than getting their, their kind of unconscious biological needs met. Uh, the other aim that most people seem to have, and it seems to be genetic to, to human beings, is to save their ass from dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're very much unaware of this because most people don't think about their own mortality, their own death, but um, I think it's, it's, it's a latent kind of a murmuring or a whispering from their kind of subconscious that it is a fear. It's a, it's a fear of, of death. And people, and that's what religion uh, serves the, uh, the, the the possibility to 
save yourself or, or be saved or escape death. Um, that in itself uh, is, is is potentially a good thing um, because, uh, as you're saying, Harrison, if it wasn't for um, the phony mainstream religions and the and what they offer, that uh, fear of death could can open people up to uh, to questioning, you know, life and, and death and and their own mortality and uh, and the idea of immortality or the idea of living on after death, and that can open up people to, um, I think, a, a really major aim uh, that is latent and unconscious for most people. But if it's made conscious, well, then it can lead to an exploration of uh, spiritual. Uh, questions, spiritual concepts, spiritual ideas, and then hopefully uh, figuring out which is true, which of those ideas are true and which are false, which map to reality and which don't, and, and getting to the truth of the matter, you know, or trying to get to the truth of the matter about uh, ultimately about human existence. So, I mean, that's a very, very important, I think, and maybe a central aim if anybody ever gets to the point of having a conscious aim that is of some importance or of, of, of of major importance or of of, of significance, uh, you know, more the, more so than than, than the, the the primal need ones. Um, so yeah, yeah, and it has it has a way of kind of uh, jumbling things up inside. Like when you when you think about death, so, okay, well, you know, I am going to die. What does that, or or how does that change the way that that I see my life now as it is and what I'm going to be doing with my life. And so it's really, I think, it, it inspires a, a total reappraisal of the things that you value in your life because the things that you value will then determine or affect to a large degree your actions and the kinds of relationships you make, the things you do for others, and even your your so-called um, just uh, life aims, like the, the little things that you do in life every day, uh, short-term and long-term you know what you do every day for the for yourself and the people around you, and then what you're what you're working towards. You know, in this life, you know, on on the planet, you know, the the things that that uh, and it could be something as you know as mundane as as your job. You know, what's how does your how does your job and what you do every day fit into this new way that you're seeing the world and the the thing the new things that you that you've come to value and see as truly important. Um, you know, more important than than what you what you valued before, which might have just been, you know, the the biological stuff or the just the the fitting into to your your peer group or um, you know the the groups society uh, provides for you and that you've been in bef- to, up, up up until this point. Um, so it's it's um, and that will have like I was hinting at before that'll have a lot of ramifications in what in how you approach you know how you live from this moment on. Well, in this uh, mm-hmm. this idea of um, kind of using uh, death or you know kind of facing this, the reality of death, um, you right. know it, it can focus attention. Um, you know when when a loved one dies or or when when you're looking you know at at all the suffering on, like on, that's going on in the world stage, you know that really focuses attention. And uh, one of the difficulties I think that we experience when we are beginning to struggle with life as it is, is that our attention is so diverted and, you know, our attention goes from one small thing uh, to another small thing. And it it leaves little room for for bigger things. 
so you know if if uh if we can focus uh, our attention the the direction that we want to go in you know what is when when we do look at death we're 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 looking at you know what why are we here why are we living you know it, it actually can focus on life i think uh as well and you know and that can i think yeah it, it can provide a, a a desire to have a purpose uh in life and um uh one of the one of the questions or, or one of the issues i wanted to get into too is you know why you know the purpose of this discussion too you know as um you know and on a lot of the shows you know we talk about politics and and the world and news and you know how does that relate um you know the the overall um issue or discussion with with having an aim seems to be you know in in pursuit is having something in pursuit of like a human development so how does news and politics like relate to that and because you know, it, I think for many people, you know, they're separate issues. Uh, following the news might be a hobby or an interest, or you know, something to uh, engage in lively debate with with other people. But it's not really seen, oftentimes, as uh, as a means of of human development. Well, I think part of the answer to that is since so much of what we discuss is, you know, what these leaders of the world are actually doing. Uh, what motivates them, um, what their uh, kind of um, pseudo-aims are, um, you know, what, what their uh, objectives are. And, um, and of course, the, the type of aim that I think we're getting at here, uh, ideally, um, is, is quite different from what we read about most often, um, where these leaders are only struggling to satisfy, um, in so much as they are struggling, they're only working towards achieving goals that serve that part of their um, their personality or their um, or their egos. The pocketbook. That that and their kind of thirst for um, uh, uh, power uh, and this this kind of um, this high that might accompany. Um, this uh, perceived achievement of power by taking over another country, by um, by doing things in an underhanded way that uh, that really hurt other people. So we're we're seeing we're seeing these things happening at large, and um, and also kind of examining, I think, uh, another dimension to all this, which is you know what do people experience. Um, what kind of struggle is involved with the person who is looking for something altogether different uh, from from what we're reading about in geopolitical events? Um, and it does require struggle. Uh, it does require um, uh, looking at those things inside of ourselves, those things that we do, those things that we think and feel that um, that aren't uh, that don't meet the ideal that uh that we would like for ourselves in in growing as individuals and and being good for others. Um well, I Joan, have Joan, a suggestion. Oh, yeah, Hello? Yeah. yeah. Um uh, the leaders of leaders yeah of countries, the leaders in general, I think will tell you and 
believe they are practicing the objective of making people happy. So just to make that clear, at least superficially, their aim is the same as anyone's, is to be happy. The results may be atrocious, especially in this day and age, but if you look at the whole, um, go back go back uh, about 100 years, um, what was that guy's name, the nephew of Freud? Edward Bernays. Bernays. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing of the beginning of advertising in a big way and, and public relations and so on, I mean, they really thought when they were applying these new corporate models and advertisements in a consumer society, they thought this is what people want. Of course, they're projecting a lot of their own well, baser needs. So saying their own needs, yes. yes, not just necessarily the needs of other people, but uh, like you're saying, the leaders of the, of, the, of, of the world or whatever you want to call them uh, are doing the same as everybody else, which is trying to fulfill their own needs. Be happy. To be happy, yeah. To, yeah. Be, to get their own needs met, which equals happiness, I, I suppose. Yeah. But it, it's primitive. I know it's primitive. Yeah. But that's what I'm There's another There's a, uh, a Harvard study that tracked several generations of people. And from youth all the way to some of them are still alive, it's been going, it's going many generations. It's, it's still an active open study, and it's had new people added to it all the time. Um, and it's, it's, you know, based on a series of questionnaires throughout people's lives, and something like 85% of youths, you know, when they entered the, the, the research, the, the, the experiment in the beginning, said that their aim in life, what they want out of life, is money. But by the time they're older, they, and the majority, it's completely flipped. The majority say, what's made me happiest in life? And it shows in, in their answers and their questionnaires is that they had good relationships with other people. In the, in the process of life, you discover worthier aims, you know? Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it's the more primitive. And then you forget them. And then you forget them. <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, I think people never really forget. I think they they keep and maybe a, a versions a, might keep the a vague a vague um, a vague recollection. But the problem is when they're born again, they're bombarded with the same propaganda, which says money and fame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can put that into... Oh, maybe I do. Relationships as a name. Maybe the aim is to find your tribe. Hmm? Not all tribes. You know, when people take... In, any, if you take an interest in anything, what will that inevitably lead to? It'll lead to cooperation and a life that's based around whatever it is that interests you. Whether it's... Uh, it may be deep in the sense of actually living with other people who think the same way as you, or maybe simply that you have a, a shared hobby or interest with other academics or other workers, you know. Mm. Well, I think I think in, in terms of answering Shane's question um, as to what the point or how looking at what's going on on the planet, politically, socially, culturally, whatever, in every way, paying attention to all of that, how that fits into um, you know, pursuing an aim, uh, because that's something that we do, and it's part of the aim that we pursue, well, it's, I think it's pretty, it's 
pretty obvious or well maybe it's not obvious but i think the answer to that is if you're if you have the question if you're if it's a big question inside you that's latent inside you that may may arise in you is what is the meaning of life well then you should be looking at life all around you i mean what is life life is what happens on this planet so if you want to answer the question at least partly or about take the first step in answering that answering that question uh, you need to look and pay attention to what is happening on uh, or happening with the life on this planet because you're a part of it. You don't know how you got here, but you got dumped here. Here you are, dropped into the into the middle of it. So let's assume uh, reasonably that you fit here, that this is the place for you. You've got you you look like all the other people. You've got the same number of arms and legs and eyes and stuff. You're not an alien. Uh, you seem to pursue the same uh, or have the same needs, and need those those needs are, are can be fulfilled by by what's available in this planet. So let's say you fit here. Um, therefore, if you want to understand at least in part the meaning of your own existence on this planet, well, then you need to pay attention to what is happening on this planet and why it happens and what it what it's really all about. Because of course, there's a there's a whole level of manipulation and deception in terms of what uh, goes on on this planet and what is uh, what happens at the level of the leaders or the controllers or the rulers of this world and what they say they are doing and what they are really doing. So there's a lot of discovery to be had. There are a lot of uh, investigation to be engaged in to figure out what the real meaning of life is, at least on the level of uh, what happens on this planet and why it happens. And then you can apply that it, to yourself to a certain extent, as you fit here. Yeah, it seems that the <clears throat> it seems that that element is really missing from, you know, a lot of um, like spiritual practices. You know, it, it is uh, oftentimes, you know, it's just like just to focus on self knowledge and not really looking at the world at large. When you do need, uh, when you need both, and they they, they complement each other, and when you know, it, it's easy to get consumed with uh, with your own stuff, um, but when you look outside yourself and at the world and and seeing how you know you respond to it, it it's it's really that application that is a means of of, of self work. Um, yeah, yeah, just you know, yeah. It, it, it. Well, and I think that um, like what you're saying, Shane, about the the kind of new age perspective is that I think that. When you look at the, that kind of philosophy and that kind of way of life, there isn't really anything in it that really values truth. It's pretty much here are the here's the kind of latest self help self help New Age teaching or book, and that seems to me desi- just simply designed to make people feel good. It'll kind of, it'll provide that kind of pseudo aim for them, and but really it just kind of it ju- it's just this feedback loop that that just reinforces their own illusions and makes you feel good about it. But when you when you value truth in any one area of your life, then it's almost like it creates a, um, a, a contradiction or a tension or something is in conflict when you refuse to look at truth in other areas of just reality. Because when you have the ideal for truth, that is all-encompassing. It's like if you value truth or objectivity, then you can't just say okay well i only i only want to look at the truth of this small area of of life and knowledge and and reality and everything else i'm totally okay believing in lies because that creates this internal contradiction 
it's almost like maybe that's that part of that overarching aim for all people that you're saying, Joe, um, is that there is this kind of movement, this this pull towards truth, but when we when we cut off uh, when we segment reality into these little portions and we only we only look at one area that it doesn't work that way because truth is all encompassing either you, either you value truth or you don't and if you value truth then that means finding truth everywhere and in all things and so politics is a big part of that i mean if you value truth and you're going around the world believing everything that you see on the on the news every night then right there that you know you that's a deep contradiction because you're not valuing truth, you're you're accepting and you're just letting in all all sorts of lives or lies from from what's going on in the in the world, and you're not valuing truth. So I think even if it, just looking at it from that perspective, if you value truth, like in your own life, oh, I want to find the the true meaning of existence. Well, that means you value truth, and that entails being aware of what's going on around you, and even for very practical purposes, because if you don't know what's going on around you, that can very much hinder how you live your life. It can, it can hinder how you will um, continue to move towards fulfilling or, you know, uh, living out your aim. Because if you're living in um, uh, a country, let's say, that is ripe for disaster and the signs are there and what you want to do will be better done not in a war zone then you could get out or you could stay and be totally blind to reality and, you know, be dead in a week. It's a, it, mm-hmm. even that, will, you know, that can come down to just the very basic biological level. So, uh, but of course there's also just, just knowing about what's going on just for the sake of what's of, of knowing the truth, because there are so many lies and I think truth has value in so many different ways that even just, just speaking truth to, to an obvious lie has some kind of weight or meaning uh, or value not only for uh, the the individual doing it, but for the people around them. I think that's a good point that, uh, you know, when we block out truth from any one area, I mean, of course it's impossible to be all knowing about all things. We, we simply have our limitations, but uh, when, when we willfully kind of um, behave ignorantly towards things, especially when we have billboards dropping on our heads or signs around us that, Tell us, hey, you know, this is something to be aware of. This is uh, this behavior might be affecting a person around you, or uh, and it could be regarding anything. Th- this kind of blockage um, is it suggests a, a blockage to other things as well. Just hold on, I think we might. Yeah, it looks like we've There's lost no the sound. Okay, um, let me just. So no one can hear us. Does anyone know how to how to use this? See if it's still working. Oh no, we we are online because we're That's getting guys. So right. yeah, <laughs> um, blog talk radio. It's blog talk radio. Yeah, it must be because because we're not having any internet problems because we're talking to you guys. Right. So um, well, I'll just wait. I'll be right back. I'm just gonna check something out. And in the meantime, <laughs> is the music playing? No, no, they don't. They don't have Tim. They don't have Tim. Oh, so we lost the connection to Blog Talk, or how's? But not apparently. Skype. <laughs> well, we may need to just call in. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they should host. 
since our, since if we call in on the internet line, our connection is going to be really bad, but theirs are going to, is going to be much better. And we'll call in as guests. Our, our connection with the phone should be fine. But we don't know if we lost the connection because of well, the phone. No, we're online. I mean, we're talking to Joe and Neil. But, um, Yo, we're here. We're here. Yeah, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, I really so, have no uh, idea what to do because uh, we can, uh, like, what, call in again? <laughs> Mm-hmm. See what happens, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, drop your. Uh, but it's weird because we're both independently called in, so you think that they'd be able to hear one of us. Um, yeah, they should be able to, but uh, it's maybe that Blog Talk Radio dropped the connection. Can anybody hear us? Anybody in the chat room? No. <clears throat> Somebody just dropped out there. Um, maybe you guys should uh, cancel your. Um, just drop drop the Skype call and call back in. Oh, just wait. Um, one of our listeners is saying that the phone relay phone relay works. He can hear us um, dialed in via phone. Oh, someone else is saying I can hear you. Someone is saying no, yeah. no sound, no sound. <laughs> no sound. Okay, what were you saying, Joe? TC, TC can hear us all. Um, no, I, I don't know. Um, I think we should just maybe refresh my browser. All right, everybody, refresh your browsers. <laughs> I can't hear it. Off and back on. Uh, yeah, can we, can we type that in the chat? Are we connected yeah. to the chat? Yeah. Okay, it looks like some people can I hear can us. I can hear you via blog talk. Okay, Ante can hear us via blog talk. Um, Blah blah. Check the audio playback bar and all that. So apparently, some people can talk to can hear us. So let's just keep keep on with uh, keeping on then. Okay, carry on. Sure. Well, yeah. So Elon, we interrupted okay. you there. Do you remember what you were saying? Uh, well, just just basically kind of affirming that uh, when when we are willfully ignorant about things and and uh, block ourselves off from certain fields of knowledge, um, you know, or at least not being open. Uh, and 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 saying okay, this is something that I can look into, and uh, or should look into, uh, because I'm getting messages. I'm responding to my environment and to people around me, who are um, pointing out something to me. Uh, this is um, this is something that that works against uh, having a name. I think um, because uh, I think I think that the type of aim that we're talking about here. Um, by its very nature, uh, brings up resistances uh, for all sorts of reasons. Um, you know, we have programmed responses to certain things. Uh, we might believe that we have um, the corner on one area of knowledge when we really don't. Uh, and so, um, you know, it goes back to that expression of one's cup being too filled. We want to uh, we want to have uh, ears to hear and eyes to see and uh, and have a space within ourselves to to continue to question to con- to continue to be open to information that um, that uh, helps us with our aim and our ideals and that and that very process uh, as difficult as it may seem at certain times I think is a big part of that. So basically that. Like one of the things I got out of that is that even if we have an aim formulated for ourselves, there may there probably are all kinds of things that we are doing, uh, all kinds of things that we believe 
So these might be like just deeply held unconscious beliefs. They may be habits of, uh, of just the way we live our lives and the way we go about doing things and interacting with others. Those unconscious things, even though we've got this aim, allegedly, will kind of subvert that aim. Like we, it's, it's almost like um, you're trying to like, uh, build a computer and you've got the wrong parts and you think you've got the right parts and you just, it's, it's just not working. Something's not working. And uh, because what you need to do in that case, like having that aim entails bringing all this stuff up, analyzing, you know, every bit and piece and, and to see what is, what works and what doesn't and what may you be holding on to that is making, um, like achieving that aim or just um, being in alignment with that aim impossible. Like, what do you need in order to what you, what do you need to do what do you need to uncover and analyze in order to make it possible and i i think part of the problem there is um you know we don't really have in our vocabulary in our uh in our thinking um any kind of uh instruction or experience or um or information that that suggests uh what an aim really is um, I mean, what do we what do we have? We have uh, superheroes on movie screens um, that uh, you know their aim is to uh, be do-gooders, uh, but it, you know, uh, and archetypical heroes in books and protagonists, um, and and I think we give very I don't know a short thrift to what it means uh, to to struggle or to be on a hero's journey uh, or on an, on an aimer's journey, if you will. Um, you know, politicians, uh, if, if they admit to making a mistake or, uh, or to anything of that sort, it's interpreted as weakness, um, not as strength of character. Uh, so uh, this whole idea of what an aim really is and, and what's involved, I think, um we just don't have a very good idea of it or or we haven't had a very good idea of it uh in, until I think we've really examined what it means to have a name um and so we're following all of these uh really superficial uh models that sort of hint at a hint i mean it's like two or three steps removed from um what what an experience of 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 being, you know, of engaging in AIM may really be like. Um, and uh, this is kind of, we are dealing in in the abstract a little bit, but uh, uh, I think we can only come at this step by step, you know, like a, a bunch of people, you know, touching a, an elephant and, and reading parts of it and describing it to ourselves a little bit. And... Um, and that's, but that's part of the process. That's kind of what we have to do. Yeah, it seems kind of that the, you know, just the process of, you know, having an aim and seeking it, points out just how, um, how broken our 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 own nature is, and you know, there are so like kind of like you're, you're saying, Harrison, about you know these computer parts. You know, that we have a lot of uh, parts in us that you know just uh, are just constantly take us away from from that aim and uh that that's that's useful knowledge to have to to see and experience and it does point out the things that we need to work on and having that aim as uh the um kind of the backbone can help really motivate 
I think us to you know really work on those things um, that that come up and you know so just having you know we might start out by by seeing um, you know a, a a particular failing or a particular um, program or issue that you know we struggle with and you know we we forget ourselves and and you know um, fall into those patterns and that self-knowledge is useful when we come back and redirect ourselves to, all right, well, part of my aim is to, you know, part, a, a small aim right now is for me to work on, on, on this issue. And eventually I think it, 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 it grows where, you know, we need to work on um, multiple things simultaneously in order to, it's kind of like, you know, treating the whole. But I think the first step is, is just to make the acknowledgement about that, like that broken part. Like, so for me to be able to say, you know, I've got a busted flux capacitor and I know that I've got it. And um, the first thing is really to accept it as, as a reality, because if you look at just the number of people that you probably know in your life who, like, like let's say someone who just has anger problems and, you know, you might point it out to them, oh, you know, you're, you're really angry. And they say, well, I don't get angry. And it's like, that's, that's one thing about their life that is totally obvious that they just haven't seen in themselves haven't even acknowledged but that's the just the first step is off and it's often a really hard one is just to 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 see yourself just at the level of okay well this is what i'm actually like in this particular area i do this i do have this problem and then it's a matter of actually actively working on it but even just getting to the point of being able to accept that that we are broken we do have parts that don't work as well as they should maybe we've got the wrong part in there that in itself is a struggle well, the the thing that really stinks here is that our the flux capacitor that's broken is is usually our thinking, you know, just our, our everyday thinking about things. Our our thinking is uh, really skewed, and this is where it you know really helps to have uh, you know a good knowledge of uh, you know the cognitive sciences and psychology of the self, and you know how how we respond, and you know what what really drives us, um, and you know oftentimes. Um, you know, we're, you know, this, this, this thinking that's driving us, you know, we're, we're not really aware of, you know, what's going on, um, behind the scenes. Uh, it's, 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 it's these unconscious motivations that pop up and drive us and, you know, we get carried away with. Well, I have a question. Can having a name be a powerful thing? Can it empower us? Can it motivate us? Can it, um, in the midst of struggle? Let's have our, um, our, our guest there. Yeah, do you want to throw a, a softball question at us? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just state Consider something that hasn't been stated yet? I think we need to state something that hasn't been stated. And when we talk about aim singular here, we're talking about knowing yourself. This is why we're talking about unconscious drives, uh, getting a glimpse of seeing what you're really like, and so on. Knowing yourself is the aim, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody I, mentioned Gurdjieff in passing, but no one has actually said, no, no one has mentioned that this idea... Well, it's kind of similar to... ...laid down by Gurdjieff. It's similar to mm-hmm. understanding the meaning of life. Uh, you can't understand the meaning of life without understanding yourself as part of life and as being alive type of thing. Um, it's um yeah, I mean as one of the 
one of the people, one of the listeners in the chat room said um, that their, their their aim in life, or one of their aims in life, was to be a better person. Uh, that's a good aim, mm-hmm. but it requires you to know yourself. Obviously, it's a process of understanding yourself. If you want to be a better person, obviously, it, even even having that as a name suggests that you already have identified some aspects of yourself as a living person uh, alive that uh, that you want to change or that you want to improve and you've also identified things that are possible to to improve into you know so it's a it's, it's a reflective process it's under it requires you to understand some aspects of yourself but again so many people don't um don't even question their own motivations or why they do things a lot of people don't even question why they continue to, to get into trouble or have problems in life, etc. They just repeat the same mistakes over and over again. But of course I think there is thankfully there's a mechanism there where eventually you can get tired of it. You can get tired of repeating the same mistake over and over again. And then you question, why am I why is this happening to me? Why am I doing this? I mean as soon as you ask why am I doing this, why do I why does this keep happening to me? You're automatically reflecting back on yourself on your own actions. You're doing a bit of self analysis and that is the process of Knowing yourself, uh, one step along the road towards knowing yourself. Um, but again, as we're as in terms of Shane's question about why you would look at the world, well, look at the world around you. You're part of the human race. What's happening with the human race? Uh, what are they doing collectively, and why am I amongst them? Is there anything that they're doing that I can identify that has reflection within me? I mean, you would assume it does. You know, what's the nature of human beings? Uh, as you observe them on the planet, and then what's your own nature? Does your own nature jive with that, or does it move away from that? Are you trying to move away from that? Can you see any problems with it, etc.? So, uh, and in terms of um, Lance's uh, question of can it empower you having a name? Uh, yes, it can, uh, because it's something. Assuming it's a meaningful name, but even if it's not, I suppose it um, <coughs> it it. it it's something to, to get you up out of bed in the morning, let's say, or well, depending on the situation, sometimes it's the reason you don't want to get out of bed. But um, <laughs> certainly it's, uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the way we're talking about it, having a name, a life aim of, 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 of you know, let's say, being a better person or building better relationships with people or finding, uh, understanding yourself uh, more, um that process, obviously, that one of understanding yourself more can very much uh, provide uh, support and, uh, you know, strength uh, to you as you progress in understanding yourself and getting over issues and solving problems within your life. Uh, one of the biggest demotivators in life is to repeatedly have problems and not know how to get over them, not, not know how to deal with them. Uh, but as you push forward and trying to pursue the same of changing your life, changing the way you think, you act, etc., uh, and you meet with some success, then, yeah, that's a big motivation. Uh, and, I don't know, along with an aim, if your aim involves a broader understanding of life and its meaning and you've gained some insight into that, then certainly that can stand by you and... and be, a, be a, a source of strength in, in trying times, maybe even if you consider what's going on in the world today and how horrible the state of the world looks, it can be frightening and scary uh, and, and make you feel a bit insecure. 
but having uh, an understanding of the meaning of life that was part of your aim to understand in the first place uh, can support you in, in making sense of what's going on in the world and provide some uh, some context and uh, you know uh, uh, an explanation of it that you can explain it to yourself in some way and understand that uh, you know it, it can help to assuage the the, the fear and security that a world uh, doing a few spins around the toilet bowl, as ours seems to be, can can provoke people. Well, with uh, Elon's question, you know about how uh, an aim can be, you know, a powerful or motivating force, and you know, just going into Neil's um, description about like how self knowledge is, you know, kind of a uh, an initial need or requirement, I guess, for that would, you know, when when we are first learning about ourselves or continually learning about ourselves, you know, we're we're faced with all these contradictions and uh, hypocrisies that we think about ourselves. You know, we we build our image up in in one way, and then you know we we get a better perspective, usually from others, uh, about who we really are. And you know, it, I think it takes it takes a bit of courage to to face those things and a bit of struggle. And you know, I think it's, it's that that struggle, or you know, uh, uh, Gurdjieff talked about it in, in terms of conscious suffering, um, that can also it can, it, it can be really motivating because you know uh, you're one way and you see yourself a different way and. When you see yourself, um, you know, objectively as you are, you know, it 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 can be uh, it can feel crushing uh, to to see you know your your uh, your own faults and um, failings and um, you know just the the you know all the different unconscious things that are driving you and you know how how that's caused um, not only pain in your own life but in in other people's too. And uh, I think facing that is uh, is ex- can be extremely motivating, um, and um, yeah. So I, I think that speaks to that too. Well, that's um, yeah. That seems to be kind of inherent in in having a name. It's uh, it's to as much as possible uh, be conscious of what the struggle is and to seek answers. And uh, and have that kind of uh, drive to continue on because when we do have struggles, when we are faced with a barrier uh, or friction or or any of those things, uh, there's some part of us uh, that blockage or whatever you want to call it that says, "I don't want to do this anymore," you know, or "This hurts too much," or "This is painful," or um, you know, I I don't I don't get this, therefore I don't get anything. We you know, our minds come up with all of these uh, messages that seek to uh, distract us or uh, redirect us away from the process of of pursuing the aim. Um, and and I I think because you know we fall into black and white thinking. Uh, having a name doesn't mean that we're perfect. Uh, you know. Um, we don't even know what perfection is. We can only really try and uh, pursue excellence or um, or uh, improvement. 
Um, so I think uh, I think that's really where we're at. I, I don't think we can I don't think we can afford to fall into uh, black and white thinking when we are pursuing an aim. Well, um, you know, in, in talking about motivations, um, yeah, it also strikes me that you know having a, a say a big aim rather than a small aim. Yeah, you know, that does seem to tie into different motivations uh, inside us, and you know, um, if we're if we're driven by say something like you know people pleasing, uh, or um, you know things of our like lower nature, you know, it's it's uh, those are unconscious, and you know, and it, it's it's easy to get uh, frustrated and um, just like uh, you know engaging and you know you get you get some negative emotions come up and you get and you you're you're driven by that um but i think if you have uh you know a higher aim or a bigger aim like in mind and you use that and you know it, it can kind of i don't want to say it bypasses it but you know it, it it makes uh makes those lower uh those lower drives um yes i think less impactful uh on on uh, the 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 behavior that you're pursuing, mm-hmm. you know, in, in self help parlance. Uh, Alan, this, um... can I just jump in there? Oh, um, I think yeah. I just wanted to. I think we have um, a call on the line here. Hi, do we have a caller on the line? Hey, hi. Hi, hello. Oh, uh, this is Andrew. Good to be on the show. Interesting uh, topics always. Yeah, you, Andrew, you were saying in the chat room that you had some uh, comments. Yes, is that you? Yeah, um, you know, I, I just maybe I could use the example of, um, you know, uh, well, relationships uh, as an example. Uh, you know, so much of how we experience reality is based on our environment. So, uh, you know, the problem is that the average person does not take the time or energy to work together to change the environment. So we're constantly faced with the frustrations, as you just mentioned, but no one's taking the responsibility or perhaps doesn't know how to respond and doesn't have the, re- resp- <laughs> the, the responsibility okay, to be able to, uh, to change the environment. So, you know, if we look at just relationships as the example, a lot of people are fearful of relationships. You know, maybe I shouldn't sleep with someone Maybe I, and, and people will say, well, that's because you don't want to get hurt, right? But now, what are the factors that could cause someone to get hurt? You know, uh, well, you know, you could have a baby out of wedlock. And why is that a problem? Well, now we can look into things like economy and um, you know, resources, in other words. Uh, someone, in the, um, someone in the chat room is saying, uh, sound is gone. So where did I leave off? Uh, just keep going. Okay. So, um, if you look at, uh, you know, somebody else might say, okay, well, you can't have relationships with just anyone because you might get a disease. Well, once again, you know, you could go and look at, well, naturopathic medicine versus, um, you know, allopathic medicine and also disease control. Like you look at something like mosquitoes and how in some areas they've been completely able to wipe out malaria and in other areas, not. And then you get all these things about, but you know, you've got to be really careful if you want to actually 
uh, get together with someone because, you know, somebody, you know, people have got deep emotions and it's a deep binding thing. And, uh, you know, somebody might actually have uh, huge problems afterwards if you, you know, if you're just keeping it casual or whatever it might be. And then, but, but then once again, where does that come from? You know, where, what are all the magazine covers telling people? Why are people feeling so insecure, et cetera, et cetera. And you go and look at a tribe like the Zoe tribe in the Amazon. They don't have any of those issues and they're polygamous, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this is a very radical concept for anyone in the West because for o- over something like 2000 years, uh, you know, approximately um, we've had uh, the influence of people like St. Augustine in our psyche. Uh, in the group mind, uh, which, you know, basically demonized sexuality for the most part. And then we ask ourselves the question, now, how many people out of frustration and desperation get driven to all of these vices because of the imbalance and then end up getting put into situations where they're frustrated because, or they're even in worse situations because they're acting out or something bad's happening because of this imbalance. And then, of course, that's taken advantage of by the construct further Okay, by by, for example, imprisoning a person for life because uh, they uh, they perhaps made a mistake, uh, you know, where they um, uh, instead of getting the psychological counseling and assistance and, you know, society, you know, change, that person is now, uh, you know, totally and utterly their life is over. Their life is absolutely and utterly over, you know. Um, So, I mean, it's a touchy subject. It is extremely touchy subject because it's an emotionally driven subject and it goes to very construct. We're talking about construct things here. We're talking about fractional reserve banking. We're talking about um, perception and worldview. Uh, we're talking about the construct of our reality. So, so for, let's say, for example, someone's caught looking into um, peering over someone else's back wall and, and looking at someone uh, sunbathing naked. And they get caught, and now they've got a, you know, they get a criminal record for being a, a, a whatever. Or, you know, you pick, pick your, uh, you, can, you can take as, as terrible or as, uh, simplistic as you like, and this is due to uh, you know, someone that being lonely or something like that. Even, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's a very good example of how you know taking it from the core out. You know, how is our reality constructed, and how should we be perhaps reorganizing our reality or reevaluating how reality, uh, how our reality functions, and why? Yeah. Can you sum that up in, in one paragraph? In one paragraph, uh, people's you know natural inclination to be human. Okay, our human emotions and biological functions and mindsets and desires and so forth are all manipulated in, in general. At every, I could go into say for mm. example chocolate bar. You walk into the mm. store and there's this or Coca Cola and all of the things that are inside fruits that are designed but to just give you enough to make an apple attractive are now overloaded Mm -hmm. inside coca-cola so i mean you could take pornography Mm -hmm. as the same issue your pornography is overloading people because they have lack of real human contact it's it's everywhere so in one in one sentence all of human desire and uh everything that's good about humanity if it were balanced is being imbalanced and then exploited and I mean, we're not doing right. enough to change that. We're not opening up the conversation. We're not talking about these big issues in mm. general. That's because it's addictive for people. But also it's, it's a substitute. It's not the best. It's not balanced. So if you were eating mm-hmm. uh, or if you were having regular you know, um, human relationships with, with people 
uh, that actually cared about you, you wouldn't need pornography. If you were having, you know, good mm-hmm. relation, uh, if you were eating properly and you were having a balanced diet, you wouldn't desire Coca-Cola. In fact, if you gave Coca-Cola to the average uh, person that had lived in a jungle, they'd probably say, what is this disgusting thing that you've just given to me? It tastes like poison. Uh, but mm-hmm. of course, for our mindset, we're thinking, oh, well, how could that be? Because it's so normal in our reality to have this manipulated, imbalanced. You know, and so this is something that I've been thinking about, and it's a metaphysical thing, and it's a very challenging thing because I was brought, brought up as a Christian. Uh, but as I'm looking at the uh, the differences in, in in sort of tribes and that sort of thing, and the nuclear family is very good for civilization, but is civilization perfect for human beings? You know, or can we learn something from tribal people? Absolutely. They're all all good points, and uh, but the problem is, what do you do about it? You know, it doesn't seem to be very much that anybody can do about it, at least not on a global scale, because so many people seem to be happy enough with, uh, or certainly it's not bad enough for for majority of people on this planet to to have those conversations and to do something about it. So, uh, Uh I think the best thing we can do is that people who do uh, have a problem with that kind of uh, those kind of social norms. And, and that way of living, uh, that they should get together and formulate a new way of living and live the way they, they want to live and the way they, they think uh, is a better way to live and let the chips fall where they may because ultimately it's not up to us to change the entire planet and the experience of life for everybody on the planet because there is such a thing as free will. And uh, even though we can objectively say, let's say, that this, like, you know, the poisons in food and the, the horrible social uh, conditions and social relationships are, are objectively not good for anybody, they don't seem to be bad enough for a lot of people for them to want to do something about it. I think, I think what we're looking at is scientific frustration, you know, to the point where everything's being manipulated at just the right point uh, to make sure that everyone's complacent enough in the various countries and, and regions where change could occur because people have enough resources and time to actually, if they chose to do so, change things, but as you just mentioned, don't. And in the vast majority of the world living in such a massive poverty and, and lack of education that they don't even begin to know where to start. And it's like this huge farm. I mean, it really is a huge, well-managed mm-hmm. uh, 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 human farm. And uh, obviously systemically de- absolutely destructive uh, to the whole planet. Um, but but, but yeah. another thing that I would mention is that, you know, um, there are higher medical, like, for example, just for people that are interested in living longer, now, there are much higher level medical things available now where uh, coming back to the disease aspect, we don't have to be living with the disease that we're living with. Uh, but once again, you know, the, uh, the debate or the discussion around these things isn't of interest in the human psyche in general, because it's sort of like, mm-hmm. well, I want to be able to get the holiday home in the Bahamas or, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I want to focus on just what I've been marketed <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I'm, you know, that's what's entered my psyche the most. Instead of, oh, you mean I could live to 120 almost definitely if I ate a certain way and had hyperbaric oxygen? Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, maybe I could invent something for humanity or change something in humanity if I had more time. Well, let's do mm-hmm. that. But that doesn't apparently enter, the, enter into most conversation. Like I think we should be Wait, speaking every week about those things. I think you're not allowed to do All those right. things. Think people who come up with things to... People, people have come up with things to change uh, for the better, uh, you know, change human society and human experience for the better. If, if there's any potential to really do that, that we find uh, vested interests and positions of power who come down on it and stop it from happening. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that people themselves just love to, like, 
you know, roll around in the mud and, and live live horrible, uh, disconnected lives. But um, the thing is, they, you know, there there is a system uh, that seems to be preventing uh, human evolution from going in in a in a better direction. And it seems that those are the rules of the game, kind of thing. And and each person has to has to struggle against that and make a choice for themselves uh, how they're going to to buck, buck the system in that sense and 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 find out how to to live better lives because it seems that it's just not possible and it's been tried over and over again by many people uh, in you know. Well, well, we're on big, big, we're big on SOTT tonight, right? I mean, well, it's nighttime my time, but we're on SOTT today. Yeah. So I mean, you guys are once a week. You know, it's Saturday. Everybody's available. Why not have you know a segment of the show on you know medical and uh, you know crowdfunding for getting everybody the assistance that they need and what's available, uh, and segment that off and say you know how many listeners can actually contribute to creating awareness. It's like if if you're on the internet and you're not able to uh, donate something in terms of uh, you know stored energy and unfortunately in a very inefficient way called dollars uh but still at least it's something to donate if you're not able to donate something why not try and get 10 other people that can to donate to the project mm-hmm. that would potentially help human beings i mean there's so many things that could be cured and so many things that are available and, and treatments that are available like in japan for years apparently they've been you know curing various diseases that are apparently still seeking cures in the United States, but apparently Japan's hospitals have sometimes got entire floors dedicated to this, you know, alternative therapy. And yet apparently it doesn't work in the United States or in other places in the world. So very interesting. Mm. And, you know, with enough crowdfunding and enough people behind it, you could do something, but we don't do anything. You know, we, I don't know why yeah. we don't, we, we talk about a lot of things and that's awesome, but let's focus in, you know, uh, and, and, and let's also figure out what's real and what's not real. You know, we talk about climate change and people say now, well, there's climate change deniers. I'm like, no, climate change exists. Uh, In the morning, it could be quite chilly. In the evening, it might be much hotter. That's climate change. As to whether or not the earth is heating up to the point where we all have to give carbon tax to the ruling elite because uh, apparently we might fry. So uh, let's just pay for extra carbon to try to reduce carbon and not use Nikola Tesla's inventions. Um, well, apparently that makes sense to some people, but shouldn't we have that debate? Shouldn't we debate whether we can crowdfund things, whether we can, with you know, mass, critical mass, actually you know, formulate the, uh, the, the platforms needed mm-hmm. to be able to push these things through, as well as Bitcoin, as well, well as we, cryptocurrencies? We should, Andrew. Uh, there's no doubting that we should, and these are all very good ideas, but... The problem is getting people to to follow you uh, and a large number of people to follow you enough to kind of uh, make those kind of a cha- changes that you that you're talking about mm-hmm. seems to be very difficult and one of the major reasons for that is because people uh, have a natural inclination to look to authority for what is and what is not good. Well, that's why you have to become and, the authority. I mean, SOTT is already quite an authority on radio. So, uh, I mean, and good information. So. Uh, you know, if you have sub-projects inside of SOTT, I mean, there's 32 people in the chat right now. If every one of those 32 people told 100 people on their email list, listen, this is the thing that's going on regarding, say, for example, hyperbarics, which can heal a number mm-hmm. of ailments and also is very good for enhancing people's lives right across the board. 
yeah. you know, then at least two or three out of that 100 might reply. If one person does the same thing, you know, they might also get two or three. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can't kind of like sit on our hands and say, well, you know, it just hasn't oh, yeah. happened yet. So, uh, well, you know, yeah. we don't, I don't know if we should be doing it because it just hasn't happened yet. It's kind of like circular reasoning in a sense. But I, I mean, I appreciate mm-hmm. your point of view and frustration, but I really think you guys have got the platform to do it. I don't see anybody else that's got the quality of, uh, you know, discussion without the, uh, the sort of the, uh, the alternative media hype that comes from mm-hmm. so many of these doom and gloom or it's like very religious. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having some religion if people want to have religion, but this sort of very intense sort of, oh God, we're all going to die. You know, that's not what I get from SOTT. So I really no. hope that you guys consider it. Maybe I can jump on next weekend as well uh, to, to say hi. And, um, you know, perhaps through your website and your new radio stream that I heard you guys are putting up, you know, there could be really, yeah, check it out uh, could really, some progress. We're going, All right. going, we're going, well, we're going to be on our Sunday night show tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be on radio.net instead of blog talk radio. And then the other guys will follow tonight's show. will uh, will follow. Are you still there, Andrew? No, no. Looks like we lost him. He, he, he buggered off. Um, yeah, so, well, I mean, maybe Andrew didn't know that we have a have a health and wellness show every Friday as well, mm-hmm. talking about health, and the guys who do that show uh, give out a lot of information. They're pretty much together. The hosts of that show know pretty much <laughs> everything about about alternative health and have tried it themselves and know people who have tried it. Uh, it's, it's a really great show, and uh, there's, there's loads of good stuff in the archive shows of the health and wellness show on Fridays. Um, but you know we do what we can, and uh, we spread the information. We don't actively tell people send this, you know, send this link around to a hundred uh, uh, of your friends or whatever, because you know we also understand that you know people who are interested in this kind of thing may have a hundred friends, but ninety nine of them aren't interested. So you don't want to be sending stuff around to people that you don't know aren't interested or might get you in trouble uh, in terms of might might cause you some kind of. Uh, <clears throat> Andrew has come to the place where everyone comes at some point or another, which is, I see the state of the world. It's absolutely awful. Now, what are we going to do about it? Right. How are we going to fix this? Okay. I know what I can do. No, wait. That mightn't work. Okay, but I'll try something else. No, okay. That didn't work. I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try that. But that's good. That's great. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I example, think that a lot of the things that Andrew brought up were the, the things. Examples he gave. Go ahead. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go for it. I think that just a lot in general, a lot of the things that Andrew brought up are the things that, like implicitly, we've been talking about this show, and these are the issues that, that um, you know, if we've got this aim for self knowledge, that inevitably, inevitably, we run up against them, and we need to analyze them and look at them, and that has to do with the level of social control and the way that the ways in which we are manipulated and the, the lies that are force fed us. And then to look at our own nature and, and how that, how we interact with the world. And they're just all issues that need to be, um, that need to be looked at on this path. And, but like you're saying, Joe, um, not everyone looks at these things and we can't really expect everyone to look at them because I mean, just look at the world it, it doesn't work, so we you know, we just have to do you know whatever we can do, and we I mean, we try to right. do that. I mean, we've got the shows, like you said, we've got the health and wellness show. I mean, we've all got 
um, like Facebook and Twitter pages where we, you know, we share with with our, um, you know, immediate social groups and we put the word out publicly and, uh, you know, engage mm-hmm. in all sorts of projects. So, I mean, it's just, you know, another, the another brick is, in the wall. I know. <clears throat> yeah. And we all know, uh, most of us here probably know from personal experience how hard it is to convince anybody of something that they do not, uh, they're not interested in or that goes against their own beliefs or certainly it goes against uh, authorities, for example. <clears throat> I have a lot of experience of trying to tell people about health, uh, yeah. you know, medical alternatives or <clears throat> different things that they can take for different ailments. And it's a real struggle because if that's not what their doctor is telling them, then they have a serious problem with with trying something that is not sanctioned by authority effectively. And these are very well-meaning people uh, who are not closed-minded by any normal standards at all, but they ha- they have an issue with it because they're fairly happy in... They're actually the, very educated people. Well, they're very educated. Relative, relatively educated people. Yeah, yeah and they, and the, but the problem is that they're happy in... Even with their ailments, they're happy. They're happier with authority, with authority telling them uh, the comfort of having authority tell them what to do, rather than being faced or being asked by me, for example, or anybody else to step outside that uh, paradigm of or, of authority telling you everything you need to know and, and and effectively taking responsibility for yourself. People don't want to take responsibility for themselves. And a lot of the things that Andrew are talking about, that <clears throat> uh, Andrew was talking about, uh, would require people to assume a certain level of responsibility that uh, right now is being taken by authority. And for a lot of people, that's a scary thing to do, to try and to, to take that responsibility on their shoulders. And there's very few people who will do that. So the idea that we can simply... I mean, if you don't understand human psychology and the way the human mind works and, and the, this, this almost genetic need for authority, uh, you're, you're not going to meet with a lot of success because... That is one thing that, one thing, maybe the primary thing that stops uh, people in the world from doing what Andrew would like them to do, which is getting all together and sorting the world out and saying, hey, this is all wrong, this is stupid, why are we doing this? Let's change. Because they would have to take responsibility for it. And they don't want to do that because it's very comfortable to have an authority who takes responsibility for you. Uh, so we do what we can to the extent that we can do it and we hope, uh, or not hope, but we expect and we look to people who are able to take that responsibility and to feel a bit of their own sovereignty in that sense to to join us and to contribute to what we're trying to do. But uh, we have plenty of experience of uh, of the fact at this point that we're not going to, what, what we're offering is really not appealing to large numbers of people. And by here I mean <clears throat> by large numbers, I mean, uh, you know, half the population of the world, you know, three or four billion people or something, the kind of numbers that will be necessary to really change global society. Uh, people seem to be, even if they're suffering, even if it's not, they, they realize there's a lot of things wrong with society, they're not willing to dismiss or pull down that authority just to change society. They're, they prefer to have a shitty society and keep the authority than the prospect of having a better society and in their minds not have an authority or have to be responsible for a lot of things that authority is not responsible for. And that's a basic aspect of human nature that can be changed and ultimately it comes down to free will. 
<clears throat> okay. All uh, right. Do we want to call quits there, guys? Yeah, we were planning on a on a bit of a shorter show today, so I think that uh, we can end it there. And uh, I don't know what what do you guys have planned for tomorrow? Uh, we're going to get back into a bit of uh, Rosafrenia. You know what Russia? You know what Rosafrenia is, is? Is that like WrestleMania? No, WrestleMania? No, it's not like it's Rosafrenia. It's it's the the kind of syndrome where you believe that Russia that Russia is a decrepit, you know, aging commie commie uh, state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a reinvention of the Soviet Union that's on the brink of collapse, but is also at the same mm-hmm. time about to take about to take over the world. It's what? Kind so of you're telling me that's not much, true? <clears throat> it's not true that Russia is about to collapse and about to take over the world at the same time. No. A lot of people in Washington and, and London and uh, Brussels uh, adhere to to this belief, you know, in the things that they that they talk about. That uh, on the one hand, Russia's Russia's this has been insignificant, you know, uh, nation that uh, shouldn't even be bothered about. But at the same time, you know, after you've said that, then you hysterically scream that Russia's coming to take over the world, and uh, we need to uh, have another seventeen billion trillion dollars to pump into the Pentagon so we can defend against against the, against the Russians taking over the world. So um, we're going to talk about that, but mainly to kind of just just an update on what's going on in the Middle East. We might have a relatively short show. Uh, again, but it'll just basically be because uh, we haven't talked about it in a while, and we just want to kind of um, <clears throat> put some ideas out there and uh, clarify some things because it seems that a lot of people out there are um, are losing their heads to a certain extent, or have yeah. lost their heads in terms of being able to be uh, kind of objective about the situation. You know. All right. Well, we look forward to it. Yes. So, uh, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. Thanks to Joe and Neil for, for calling in and sharing their thoughts with us. And thanks to Andrew for calling in. Um, tune in yeah. tomorrow. Um, as, as Joe said, yeah, as Joe said, it'll be on radio. Uh, we'll start radio, so there will be a link uh, redirect tomorrow So to check out the show and check out the new format. And, uh, yeah, we hope that, the, that what we've talked about has been interesting and uh, maybe even prompted some some self-analysis and some peering inwards to, you know, your own aims and, you know, your, yeah, your own aim in life and how, how you're, how you're there, how you're not there yet and what you can do about getting there. So thanks everyone. And we'll see you again next week. Take care. Thanks Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya.